Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're going to take a look at a report from Bew Whitney on cannabis and the new economy and how cannabis investment could grow in the coming recession. The report states that the previous excitement related to cannabis investment has taken a hit recently, mainly due to the poor performance of cannabis stocks in the public sector and the uncertainty related to the virus. The current narrative about cannabis is conflicted, and some say that cannabis green rushes over, while others say that cannabis is the savior for all that's ill in the economy. So with that, we're going to analyze five factors that show why there's a strong argument to support the case for cannabis and how it would outperform many other traditional sectors in the economy. So we're going to start with number one, where cannabis companies outperformed other sectors during the virus. With a lot of businesses that have been negatively impacted by the virus, cannabis hasn't really been one of them overall. Of course, there's some companies that have been absolutely hammered by it, uh, but then others have done very well especially since it's been deemed essential business, we can review that data and see, you know, based on other sectors of the economy that saw sharp declines and look at average per store retail sales of cannabis that actually increased. Of course, retail and restaurants and bars got absolutely hammered. Grocery stores, you know, couldn't find toilet paper anywhere. And then of course, cannabis retail stores are doing decent. So back in March, we saw retail sales have a huge decline, according to the U.S. Department of Commerce. The Commerce Department reported that March retail sales at $483 billion were down almost 9% compared to February. That's the largest annual monthly retail sales decline going back to when the data was first tracked by the Commerce in 1992. So performance in other sectors from housing, manufacturing, and automobile sales, they also saw sharp declines. And in fact, based on the data from HubSpot, you see deals in most major sectors in the U.S. and globally decreasing in March and have continued throughout April. Comparatively, while other sectors experienced decreased revenues and decreased growth, the cannabis industry held up well and actually increased revenues. Data on Oregon and California cannabis markets indicated month-over-month gains from February to March, and gains continued in April and are forecasted to continue uh, beyond this summer. So the second factor is there's a strong core base of consumers that prioritize monthly spending for cannabis. You can see from Headset's report that the median spend per trip for cannabis consumers is $33, and annually they spend about $645 per year. So the numbers are conservative. There's other estimates between $1,200 and $1,500, but the annual spending implies that the cannabis consumers visit a retail outlet nearly 20 times a year. So this consumer behavior has been consistent for years and unlikely to diminish over time. The only way that the average spends would decrease would be via an influx of new customers. However, this would indicate that the overall market is growing, which is a positive sign for the industry. The strong core base of consumers make up the majority of cannabis consumer spending and would remain consistent regardless of economic conditions. So the third point is that consumer demographics are in favor of a long-term demand. So you have the current narrative in the media that the cannabis consumer spending will decline due to the virus, uh, due to the displacement of low income or less disposable income, food and service-oriented workers are out of work. But the argument falls back on old stereotypes that the cannabis consumer has relatively low income and is employed in the service sector. However, low-wage service sector consumers make up only a small percentage of cannabis consumers. In fact, the demographics don't come close to supporting this narrative. Based on data from Headset, the largest demographic of cannabis consumers are millennials. That's age 23 to 38, who make up 51% of the cannabis consumers tracked in their point-of-sale systems. According to the Bureau of Labor Statistics and examining the occupations of millennials, a vast majority of those workers are in high tech. You have software development, medical services industries. Only about a third are bartenders, hotel workers, and other low-wage or month-to-month type occupations. 
The rest of the millennials are in positions that have strong, durable wages that can work remotely. So the notion that cannabis sales will start to decline the longer shelter-in-place policies continue isn't really supported both near-term or long-term. All right, fourth factor, the legitimization of cannabis products and the opportunity of alternative medicine resonates with the broad spectrum of consumers. So this virus-related essential service designation of cannabis operations helped enhance the legitimacy of cannabis in the eyes of more mainstream consumers, and the prospect of accelerated reform improved significantly this year. Consequences of this designation can't be understated, as many non-cannabis consumers are now beginning to view cannabis differently than they had previous to the pandemic. The change in perspective has been building for several years and has increased with the rapid expansion of the CBD market. As product innovation and different delivery mechanisms are created, consumers in increasing numbers will be willing to consider cannabis-based products. The pace of new entrants into the cannabis market is accelerating. For example, the number of likely consumers has increased since 2018 Consumer Study was published. A survey conducted in September of 2019 by Pew Research showed over 91% of Americans supported legal cannabis in some form and 67% supported full adult use legalization. Factor number five is that cannabis investment continues to be a growth industry despite the poor performance of public companies led by non-cannabis management. You got many of the big name cannabis companies experiencing losses after becoming overextended in terms of capital deployment to increase production capacity that was greater than the potential demand. Their bet that their capacity would help support U.S. and global cannabis growth may have been too premature and it cost them dearly. However, just because the air was taken out of the Canadian cannabis bubble in 2019 doesn't mean that cannabis is a bad investment. It just means that investors must be smarter about their investments. Keep in mind that cannabis is now a global industry. Currently, over 60 countries have some form of cannabis legalization. The global total addressable market for cannabis is estimated between $350 billion and $500 billion. Much of the global demand is yet to be realized, particularly in Asia, where holistic medicines are viewed much more favorably than in the West. The U.S. market is still in its early stage of growth in the adult use space market, and the U.S. market alone is estimated to be $50 billion to $70 billion by 2025. Although investors first viewed cannabis as the next gold rush driving speculative investment early on, investors are now performing more due diligence to vet potential cannabis opportunities. This is driving more investment discipline, which is appropriate as the industry enters the next phase of its evolution. So with the global investment markets reeling due to a combined demand and supply shock due to the virus, cannabis is one of those few sectors which combines stability and predictability in an uncertain time. Cannabis's time has come and it appears to be up to the task. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.